Welcome to It's a Lock, the industry leader in delivering world-class news, views, and analysis related to sports and sports betting. We promise to stuff every episode with square takes, losing streaks, kisses of death, and good old-fashioned degeneracy. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent, and with me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. All right, welcome to It's a Lock Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 3. I'm your host, Big Bet Brent. With me, as always, is Mad Money Mike. How you doing, Mike? How dare you ask me that? How dare you? Did you watch week one? I'm in the basement, man. You know that. But you refinished that basement, and I thought you were like, it was a man cave, and it was going to be excellent. I don't <laughs> understand. Tough, tough going, brother. Tough going, week one. Bad beats, left and right. What a disaster, man. But hey, I'm doing uh, great. I'm alive, birds are chirping, grass is growing. Good to go. Oh, man, I tell you what, we should get right into it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Your lock of the week. You had asked me, like, Brent, this is a lock. Like, how is this not a lock? And, I mean, like, you should have been right. Like, the Ravens beat the crap out of the Jets. But the Steelers, on the road in Cincinnati, a defensive showing. They showed out, man. I feel like, uh, no, what's his name? Uh, quarterback Burrow. He's like, uh, he should have stayed on the appendectomy, uh, injured list for a little bit longer. Cause he was throwing picks left and right. He had like all five turnovers. I mean, what a game. Two people lost that game, <clears throat> Joe Burrow and whatever dipshit name that coach has. Those are the two guys that lost that. Nobody <laughs> won it. No one won that game. There was no winner. There was only two losers, Joe Burrow and, you know, Dumpster fire coach, whatever his name is. Most awful uh, play calling, most awful play calling, awful quarterback play, historically bad performance. That was the worst performance by a quarterback since 1966, I heard. All right, you didn't just make that up. It's actually I'm sorry. I apologize. 1866. So <laughs> that's pre football. That's like we didn't even have football. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> It's I can't. What? Where do we even begin? Just I don't even. Can we not even talk about it? Next game. <laughs> no, this isn't like Shark Tank. You can't just say I'm out and we're moving on. <laughs> I mean, like, right, first off, I feel like we need to add a third person in there. It's like apparently the holder. You know, Money Mac McPherson. His nickname is Money Mac, and he has been money. But they had a. I believe they had a new like snapper. The long snapper was like the backup tight end because of some injury. And so the snaps were coming in like high and slow. And that was like just enough to get Money Mac McPherson off his game. And that's why, you know, at the end of regulation, they had the PAT that was missed. And then like the two block field. It's just like bananas how many missed field goal attempts or PATs that happened. And was it uh and was it the uh the backup water boys fault that uh <laughs> that they 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 snapped the ball to punt? <laughs> With still 15 seconds left. All right, not only were there 15 seconds. I'm talking about overtime. I'm talking about the last shit show of the day. There's 15 seconds left on the play clock, and they snap it. When you're already too close to the end zone to be punting anyway. Evidenced by the fact that the punt went into the end zone for a touchback. So anyone who's ever watched football over the last 150 years knows in that situation, you... Take every you take the field, 
and you maybe do a hard count to see if you can get the defense to jump off sides or whatever. And then you let the play clock run out. You take the delay a game penalty because that five yards only gives you more room to punt anyways. When you're that close to the end zone and you're trying to pin them, more room only benefits you. So that way you're doing two things. You're letting the play clock run all the way out and you're giving yourself more room to punt. That's that's just football 101, man. They snap the ball with 15 extra seconds on the clock and then they put, boot it into the end zone to give them the touchback. I can't even... I hate football, man. I hate it so much. This is such element. If you if you think for one second that there is not a conspiracy theory going on to artificially change make the mad money, Mike lose wins, lose yeah, well, his money. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there's that. But there's this. I mean, did you watch these games? Did you see how stupid it was all weekend, man? It's a gimmick. There's all this artificial trying to keep the games closed, blah, blah, blah. Just It's just a – it's get the tinfoil hats out, boys, because this is garbage. <laughs> it did seem like there's a little bit of Mario Kart, like, catch-up theory where, like, you know, you're in last place, you always get, like, the the stars or, like, the blue yes. first-place shells with, like, referees all of a sudden, like, oh, defensive holding, like, whoa, defensive holding, defensive pass interference. But I think the – I think you say there's a lot of losers in this game. And while I do also think that this is, like, a loss for the Steelers because T.J. Watt with the peck injury, I think that this is a huge win for the Steelers' defense. I mean, five turnovers, you got to give the nod to the Steelers' D. They came no. prepared. No. Nope, not even going to give them that. Absolutely not. I'm not going to give I'm not going to give a defense a nod because a, a garbage quarterback threw it directly to them. Like what I'm uh, giving, I'm going to give you a nod for doing the most basic job ever. Do you when you get to work, does your boss like, "Hey, Brent, good job getting here. Good job arriving." There's some things you just don't get nods for, man. You'll get nods because the quarterback sucks and threw it directly to your hands. There was no plays made by Steelers defense. Steelers are garbage. I'm still pounding the under. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well this is definitely not good for our uh no we we took B, we took bengals under and i took steelers over i think you took steelers under so i took um, steelers alternate under under six and a half season wins oh no you might as well rip that up oh i didn't actually i took it on the podcast all my money's gone <laughs> thanks oh <laughs> uh, yeah we might as well talk about it right now so as as our as as we may have mentioned before, our loyal listeners may or may not know. I forget if we did mention it, but uh, me, you know, Big Bay Brent, Mad Money Mike, we got we loaded up some money onto uh, DraftKings, uh, calf drinks. I don't know, but uh, and it came down to like, hey, we're doing a season long bet. Whoever does the best, you know, wins uh wins a little side bet. Thousand dollars. Uh, Each of us deposit a thousand dollars. Whoever has the highest balance at the end of the season. I have like bucks. Yeah. In a in a mistaken, you know, whatever. I how many times have I talked about on the podcast? Don't bet games ahead of time. You should only bet live. If you care anything about money, you should only bet live games. Would I have bet on the Bengals after that game started? Would I have bet on the Bengals even six minutes into that game? Of course not. So it's like that's the whole point is you should bet live. We live in this glorious time where you can bet live. You can watch the game, see what's going on, use your sports knowledge to bet live and see. But I just thought like, oh, this will be fun. Let me bet ahead of time. And I was all, my feathers were all puffed up from my bet on the Bills on Thursday night that I went big on the former AFC champion Bengals who now are officially in the book. And I hope that, uh, I hope they're you black book? 
Oh yeah, they're in it. They're in it on every page. You turn the page, <laughs> Bengals. You turn the next page, Bengals. It's on every page of the book. I wish nothing but the worst for them. And uh, and as a result, I'm out of money. And Brent wins the <laughs> Brent wins the season long challenge after week one. So, uh, I'll tell you what, that is a good segue to the Thursday night football game of Bills Rams, which did not disappoint, had its own fair share of fireworks. It didn't disappoint, but it also did disappoint. If you're a Rams fan, Mad Money Mike, you won money on this game. So at this point in time, you must have been pretty ecstatic. But if this doesn't, if this game doesn't exemplify how there are like, the haves and the have-nots when it comes to like skill and talent in the NFL, this game like re repurposed it. Like it is now very clear because the Rams are Super Bowl winners last year, right? And it's been like five months, and nothing. So no, nothing really has changed. Um, the Buffalo Bills clearly also a playoff contender, but they're just on another level. I mean, they yeah. ran away with this game. It was 10-10 at half only because of a couple of turnovers, but. The Bills cleaned it up and just kicked on the afterburner, scored 21 unanswered in the second half. And the Rams were pretty much left, you know, without any sort of offense or defense. Mad Money Mike, I'm curious your thoughts on this game and if the Rams should just mail it in or if the NFL should just mail it in and hand it to the Buffalo Bills or or kind of what's going on here. I'd like to roll the tape. I can't remember what we said last week when we talked about Matt Stafford, but I definitely maybe in some Elbow. personal – yeah, I, I, went off, I went off on his elbow. I mean, basically, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's time to go full World War One, wrap the tourniquet, cut that thing off. It's useless. There's no point even having it anymore. He should just put, you know, just get himself a nice little hook or or, or something. Like, yeah, he's you garbage. Said pound the bills. When 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 I told you about that elbow injury, you said pound the bills. So give you credit there. Yeah, yeah. The 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 Matt Stafford. Um, of old, I mean that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl run last year was completely uncharacteristic. I mean, look at what he's done in Detroit with like amazing talent, like absolutely nothing. So like that was, that was a, a you know how they say you know catching lightning in a bottle or whatever. That was a, a miracle thing. It's back to the old Matt Stafford, and then you add in an elbow injury, he's done. Mail it in, get him out of there, get the backup in as soon as possible. That way he gets some experience. Start trading for draft picks. Uh, sell the team off uh, bit by bit and allow allow someone else to come in who has an actual shot because they are officially done. The Bills, on the other hand, Bills, on the other hand, are without a doubt the best team in the NFL. You can see that look in Josh Allen's eyes. He's got that intangible. He's lowering the shoulder to, to bull over linebackers. I mean, the guy's an absolute machine. Um, they won't, unfortunately, win the Super Bowl because he will get injured as well as like at least nine or ten other guys on that team. It'll be this stupid hodgepodge of backups because everyone will get injured because that's what happens in the NFL. But as of right now, that's the <laughs> The macabre, your macabre attitude, man. I don't know if I'll be able to take 45 minutes of this, but real quick, let me interject. Josh Allen definitely has that fire. He's got that dog in him. But in the third and the fourth quarter, you're absolutely right. If he can't change his mentality, like, the coach is going to have to sit him. Like, listen, man, like, A, you shouldn't do design runs to Josh Allen when you're up by three touchdowns. And two, if if there's some mistake and, like, it gets sent in, like, Josh Allen, like, please slide or please audible out of that play because you're absolutely right. You cannot risk getting this man injured. Like he belongs in the Smithsonian 
or on the on the field doing quarterback things, not doing Cam Newton things where he's going to get popped and he's going to get injured and end up uh, along with the the other slew of players that uh, get injured every week in this in this ferocious game. But I guess Von Miller, you know, talking about the Buffalo Bills and uh, you know their their defense. Von Miller, a new addition. People thought oh, he's old. He's you know kind of a has been. He had two sacks. Oh yeah, he uh, made last, play. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, on yeah, Thursday. They- and they weren't even they weren't even blown coverage sacks. He was yeah. he was he was making high level swim moves, doing the the whole thing. Man, I was I was really surprised to see the impact that he brought. He's got a he's got a fire under him. I mean, it makes sense if you think about that. You know, guys who are so incredibly talented and they're at that point of the career where when they do get traded, uh, everyone has low expectations. Well, guys who have been athletes and competitors their entire life, when people have low expectations of you, that's when you end up bringing it into a new gear. So we shouldn't be surprised, but. I still was good game. <laughs> yeah. The other thing. So we talk about, uh, you know, game and quarterback management when you're up by three scores, the other kind of higher level trend I think about is the Rams are unprepared, right? They scored 10 points. They really never had an offense. And you think back, you know, Sean McVay and the Rams are kind of notorious for not having any of their st- starters play in preseason. And that's a trend not only to the Rams, but it's kind of grown across the league. And now we're down to three preseason games. And it was pretty evident across the league that, you know, sloppy play was more, there was just, there was just more of it. And it, it makes you wonder like risk reward of preseason reps for, for the first team um, for, for the starters, whether or not that's something that needs to be looked into more, particularly if you're playing a division game. So, you know, maybe give the, the Rams a pass because, you know, they're playing a non-conference game, non-division game, but, there were a lot of division games and still a lot of sloppiness, so it makes you wonder if uh, you know there's there needs to be a mindset shift back the other way, which is more starters playing in preseason. I tell you what, Mad Money Mike, let's let's move to uh, Saints Falcons, who are uh, the Saints pulled off an improbable comeback, beating the Falcons in uh, almost last second fashion. You know, technically the Falcons had like a 63 yard chance to win it back. Um, but it got blocked like 63 yarder. But I mean, like how, how happy as a Saints fan can I be when we were down as much as 16 points, come back and win by one versus a Falcons team that is clearly going to tank Marcus Mariota um, at the helm. And, you know, Jameis Winston is back. He looked fine, but he got sacked four times. I mean, there's a, a bright spot that Michael Thomas is back and, and caught two touchdown passes. So that's uh, encouraging. But, you know, like I said, it's a little bit of a hollow victory that, you know, you were five and a half point favorites versus the Falcons and you win by one. And it's kind of lucky. It's a long field goal. So I'm not sure how happy I should be. Mad Money Mike, what do you think about the Saints-Falcons game, 27-26? Saints it sounds like you got a, a, a good old-fashioned classic case of uh, home uh, home team you know, whatever, like, you know, you should just be happy is what I'm getting at. Your question was, how happy can I be? You can be as happy as you want to be, man. It's a comeback win in the NFL. It's tough to do. That's a big deal. I think, uh, I think the saints showed a lot of grit against a division rival. And, um, and I think that the Atlanta defense is not like, it's not like a garbage throwaway defense. I think that the defense plays with pride. So the fact that the saints were able to come back have a decent, you know, offensive showing opening game of the year after the whole, you know, blah, blah, blah. They'll make adjustments from this and they'll only continue to improve me. I think the Saints are going to be a, you know, they're going to 
they're going to make a run at being a playoff team. I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be a playoff team, but it's going to come down to the end of the season and they're going to be playing for a shot at it just, you know, just to get into the playoffs or whatever. So I think you should be happy, man. I think it was fine. I hear you. Yeah, you're right. A win is a win is a win. And with all the other sloppy play throughout the league, you know, first game as uh, with Dennis Allen as the head coach this year. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take the optimistic view. Coming from you, Mad Money Mike, if you're telling me to be optimistic, I should probably take and run with that. So oh boy. you want to talk about, uh, you know, a team that maybe isn't as optimistic and a person that's not as optimistic. That's uh, got to be Aaron Rodgers and the Oof. Green Bay Packers who went into uh, Minneapolis and got shellacked by the Vikings. Um, new new head coach over there and Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Um, laying it down. And uh, you could tell that Aaron Rodgers was missing Devontae Adams um, right out the gate, like a 70-yard easy touchdown pitch and catch. Rodgers drops it right in the bread basket. And uh, I forget which wide receiver was. I think it was one, one of the rookies, but just completely botched it. He had like five yards of separation. Um, anyway, the, he's going to be on the jugs machine for a while. And uh, I bet we start checking some text messages. We'll see Rodgers uh, – message and Devontae Adams and to be honest vice versa because when we talk about uh Raiders Chargers uh Derek Carr just doesn't have the same ball control um getting it into tight windows that uh Adams wishes he had with Rodgers so kind of kind of two people both missing each other Mad Money Mike kind of talking about the game though the Vikings look great but they always look great at home Packers it's not the end of it, it's not new that they kind of stink coming out of the gate because the Saints beat the snot out of the Packers last year week one and look how that turned up so what are your thoughts on this game? How alarmed should the Packers be? How confident should the Vikings be? Well, roll the tape from last week. What I tell you about the Packers? Mail it in. Aaron Rodgers blew his opportunity to be host of Jeopardy. He'll never be a football player again. Maybe he can be like an ayahuasca guide or something and just like do drugs in the forest because he's no longer a football player. Devonta Adams had more receiving yards on a losing Raiders effort than the entire receiving squad of the Packers combined. Did you see that stat? No, I didn't. Devonta Adams had more receiving yards in a loss than every single receiver on the Packers combined. Um, they suck. Rodgers sucks. Green Bay sucks. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised Next. if they go 0-17. Yeah. 0-17. Nah, come on, man. I said uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I didn't, I didn't say it's a lock. I didn't say I'm betting on it. I just said I wouldn't be surprised. Also, I mean, can I just back up real quick? Saints-Falcons, for all our loyal listeners that are laughing at me and Pickham's performance this week, did you see that? You can see it says 11 points, but it shows that I didn't select. It's just like a blank. Like, of course I selected. I get the little green check mark. Your picks are complete. So that's another conspiracy theory against me, man. Dude, we're living in a simulation. This is some horse, absolute horse dung, dude. So I should have had 11 more points. I mean, obviously it's going to be my dropped week anyway, and Mad Money Mike is going to win it all, but I just had to quickly rant about that. I did pick Saints, so I should have 11 more points. Fast forwarding, I did pick the Vikings. Green Bay sucks. Moving on. Oh, all right. Packers, 0-17. I don't think so. Look, Aaron Rodgers, he got a tattoo over the offseason, and then right before game day, he got a new haircut. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do to switch the juju from bad to good. So, you know, at some point, maybe he'll be just like a fully tatted up with a buzz cut and, uh, I don't know, yeah, mustache. That'll lead motorcycle to mustache. That'll lead to some wins. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, you want to talk about uh, wins? How about the Chargers winning? but not covering the in-game spread of minus seven. Mad Money Mike, how, uh, how, what were your thoughts on this game? And, uh, you know, the Raiders. I'm actually, uh, yeah, Raiders host the Cardinals next week, and I'll be at that game. 
So oh. do you think the Raiders and uh, Carr and Adams can, can clean Hold it up? Or? Hold on a second. Time. Oh, beep, beep, boy. Back it up. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to be at that game? You're going to Las Vegas next weekend? Mad Money Mike, consider this an impromptu, informal, official invite for you to come to Las Vegas next weekend. I'll be going with some Georgia Tech alums, some college buddies. And I'm officially extending you the invite. We can talk as much as you want in the green room. But if you wow. need a little break, a little vacay, you should join us, man. Wow, And then dude. we'll talk Raiders Chargers. <laughs> Tip of the cap to you and your boys, man. I am uh, I am full jealous right now. I feel like uh, I feel like just throwing this hat down and just walking away from this. That's how jealous I am. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Um, but, yeah, Chargers, uh, classic taking their foot off the gas. They didn't have to take their foot off the gas. Just like you get a lead and then you just decide to go conservative and everybody just plays like, I just don't understand it. It's just, you know, whatever. I mean, the Raiders had a chance to win because of the way that they switched play calling in the second half of that game. The Raiders easily could have won. And then, of course, uh, a Raiders stop on third down would have led to a field goal from the Chargers. That would have put me up. Uh, by eight with an in-game bet of uh, of minus seven. But, of course, the Raiders are as garbage as my betting skills, and they let the Chargers pick up the first down. The game ends. Five-point win for the Chargers. Yeah, interesting, man. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I mean, but when you watch Herbert play and, and you watch the playmakers on the Chargers and you watch the way their defense plays, no doubt this is a, a playoff team, and, um, and they're going to be pretty special. Herbert's going to be pretty special, I think, for the long haul, I think he's a, one of the new faces of, of NFL quarterbacks. So big on the Chargers. Pretty upset with that game. Yeah, and the Charger, you mentioned how, you know, how much prowess they have on offense. Their defense also really stood out. They had six sacks and three interceptions. The first time they had that many, uh, they racked up such statistics uh, since 2007. So um, great day for the Chargers. Um, all right, I'll tell you what, we, we got to get moving into week three, but we do got to talk a little bit about Sunday Night Football, the Buccaneers uh, putting up 19 and the Cowboys putting up three points, not even getting in the end zone. And then on top of that, Dak Prescott gets a hand injury and is going to be out for what looks like six to eight weeks. Mad Money Mike, I know you were out of uh, out of powder by <laughs> this game, but what were your thoughts on you know where, what this means for the Cowboys and even though, you know, the, the Buccaneers, they scored 19, but they just had trouble getting in the end zone. They had one touchdown, and I don't know how many was that, like 5, 12, 100 field goals. Um, you know, Tom Brady clearly got enough to get it done. You think that, uh, you know, they're right and uh, going to be a force this year? I know you're on the under for them for the season. So did this change your mind, or did this reinforce uh, your mindset? It did. It did actually change my mind. Um, I do think that their defense is – well, they're 11 and a half was their over under. It's going to be tough to be honest with you, man. No, no, I'm sticking with the under. Um, but, you know, if they go 11 and six, that's a monster season, you know. Um, and I, I think that, you know, I think it probably will end up being something like that. I think I mean, assuming that Tom Brady stays healthy, man. But I don't know if you had a chance to watch. But, dude, he was zipping that ball downfield, man. Explosive arm strength. Um, classic Tom Brady accuracy. So, you know. He didn't. He's not showing any signs of wear and tear, and uh, and the defense is stout. Um, I saw that Godwin's going to be out with a hamstring injury. You know, injuries are obviously going to be the difference for all these teams. Every single thing that we talk about is completely pointless because 
as soon as the whistle blows, one of these guys is going to just like snap their femur and then everything we talked about is not going to matter. So, you know, we'll see, man, but already Godwin's injured. They pick up a couple injuries on that offensive line and some uh, and some teams with some ferocious uh, D lines, you know, start getting to Tom Brady and start banging him around a little bit and the, the whole story is going to change. So we'll see. But uh, but going off the information that we have from game one, they do look pretty stout. Yeah, the the only you know talking injuries and in, with Tom Brady being forty five years old, he did get sacked four times, so that's uh that's a little bit you know that, that should make you pause. But uh, you know holding the Cowboys, who had one of the top, if not the top, um, overall offense last year, um, to three points in an entire game, that that goes to show that defense wins championships, um, and you don't need you know it it, it takes both sides of the football, right? And you know Tom Brady and that offense, I don't think there's any real too serious of doubts about you know how how powerful they're going to be, but when you combine that with uh, holding the Cowboys at three points in Dallas in the season opener, where if you remember last year, Dak Prescott was coming off an injury, and this game was a shootout. It was like thirty-eight to thirty-five. The Cowboys barely won. Now, uh, you know, Dak played most of the season last year. They had a full off season, and they come up with three points. You know, there were questions around McDaniel's being in the hot seat. And oh, McCarthy, I'm sorry, McCarthy being in the hot seat. And uh, I tell you what, this did not uh, quell any of those rumors. So, oh, he's gone. Oh, he's gone. Okay, he's uh, gone. He will yeah. not finish the season as the head coach. Just officially reported here first. Yeah. <laughs> Mike McCarthy has been fired. Um, <laughs> first coach fired. I think he he had like surprisingly short odds to be first coach fired for like being the head coach of uh, such a uh, a good franchise, but. Anyway, all right, yeah, I'll tell you what, before we do a look ahead and, and talk about uh, week two, let's uh, let's talk injuries because, like you say, you know, they affect everything. So, um, well, yeah, we just we talked about all that. We completely skipped over the fact that Dak has to have uh, surgery on his hand. Well, I, uh, you, we can roll the tape. I did mention that, but we got to oh, say sorry. it again. He's going to be yeah. out six to eight weeks. He's got a thumb injury. Um, you're absolutely right, right, though. I mean, that's clearly important. You, we don't have to talk about them week two. What would have been a great game we would have talked about now is like a seven-point spread. We're not even going to spend time on it because yep. they don't have Dak. They don't have a chance. But, yeah, 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell is out for two months with a sprained MCL. Chris Godwin's hand uh, hamstring injury, the uh, wide receiver for the Bucks, um, doesn't seem to be very serious, so I didn't see a time frame for that one. Um, of course, T.J. Watt, the Steelers Defensive Player of the Year, most a peck injury. It looks like he's going to be out for the entire – entire year if he needs surgery he's getting like second and third opinions so the best case scenario is six to eight weeks however it's looking like it's gonna be the whole season mac jones um his back injury does not look to be serious and uh yeah like you mentioned uh, we already talked about that prescott so of course stay tuned you know throughout the week um around injury updates clearly that affects the lines hey, and what did uh, you say on what did you say on tj watt yeah he's either out for the whole year but he's getting second and third opinions if he needs yeah. surgery, not on that peck. Where yeah. if he doesn't, it could be six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks, yeah. That's uh that's the definitive factor. He is a he's a one man team. I'm telling you right now, that's a one man defense. I don't know if you had a chance to actually watch the game. I mean, we saw the same thing last year. Absolutely unreal the way that that guy plays, man. Um, yeah, he didn't he have like two interceptions, like one return for a touchdown, and like. I think he had two sacks too. I mean, the, yeah, the man is a force. The man is a force. And like that, that just that intangible thing, man, like that, that off the charts football IQ, you know, you watch him kind of, 
instead, you know, he, you know, like instead of just going in to like rush the D line, he's like shuffling, shuffling, watching the quarterback's eyes, and then just jumping. He just snatched the ball out of midair like a like a cat jumping out of the bushes, like snatch a bird, man. It's like, dude, like how when you see D linemen doing stuff like that, that is just bonkers. Oh God, I love watching that guy play. Losing him is losing their entire defense. So make sure you pound. Pound whoever's playing against the Steelers. Doesn't matter who it is. Jets, whatever. Take them. Steelers lose. Yeah, let's take a look. Actually, right now the Patriots are on the road in Pittsburgh playing the Steelers. Steelers are one point dogs. So <sighs> underdogs at home. Patriots wow. had a very unimpressive loss um in Miami to the Dolphins twenty to seven. So I'm not sure uh how much uh I don't know. This just feels like two bad teams playing particularly with uh, T.J. Watt being out. But I tell you what, I, I want to start on Thursday Night Football because this is going to be a good game. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers are headed to Kansas City, taking on the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs beat the snot out of the Cardinals in week one, like 44-21, to 21, um, and this was never a game. The Chargers, as we talked about, had that uh, win, but not live game cover versus the Raiders. Uh, like I said, right now, the Chiefs at home, three-and-a-half-point favorites, a little bit of a short week. Chargers traveling on the road. Mad Money Mike, it seems like a little bit of a setup for the Chargers. Three and a half seems a little light to me for the Chiefs. What do you think? Yeah, it's interesting, man. I just think that it seems like this line just reflects uh, how good the Chargers defense is because anyone who watched the Chiefs play, what do they have like? I can't remember what it was, but like their first four drives of the day, it was like 80 yards for touchdown, 90 yards for whatever. They were just like popping off like the Chiefs of old. Um, you know, so obviously this line doesn't reflect that type of dominating performance, and I think that's just because of um, what the Chargers bring on defense. So I think it's gonna be a close game. I don't know how to say. I mean, if you know, gun to my head, give me the Chargers as at the at, you know you're getting plus, you know you're getting points. So got to take it. Plus I guess. three and a half. You like Chargers? Do we need to? Uh, I know you're looking for for betting outs since you. Uh, Busted your old. Do you want to take that to the tracker? In my mind, give me the Chiefs minus three and a half all day. Short week. Chiefs at home. Road road dogs. You think anyone else is week, gonna feel that way? Trouble. You think anyone else you is mean, gonna feel that way? You think what do you think the public thinks on this one? Dude, I see what you're saying, man. Money money bonkers right now. Oh, are you kidding me, man? The Chiefs, they put up a thousand points. Pat Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I gotta buy my Chiefs jersey. Pound it, dude. Pound it. How do you know? How do you know what the voice inside of my head sounds like, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what. I'll, let's take it to the tracker. Fifty yep. bones. Give yep. me the Chiefs. You'll take the Chargers. Put it in there, baby. Let's go. It's a lock. Hey, uh, I don't actually have the sound bites because we're on like Zencaster Light. <laughs> yeah, Zencaster free. Uh, but if I did, I would have done a, a lock right there. All right. Let's move to the Sunday slate. Mad Money Mike, we talked about it briefly, and we're just going to skip over it. I'm making a game-time decision here. We're going to move down into the Arizona Cardinals heading into Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. This line was three and a half when I checked yesterday. I've been checking this line like multiple hours a day just because I'm so excited. But it is now up to five and a half. Raiders are five and a half point favorites at home versus the Cardinals. Now. The question is, are you, how much are you going to rate week one, right? The Cardinals looked really bad. And the Raiders didn't look much better, but I guess they look better than the Cardinals looked. Um, five and a half just seems really high to me. Um, I'm wondering if we're, if we're 
buying in a little bit to the home opener. Las Vegas crowd's going to be rowdy. What do you think? Yeah, man, that actually, it's funny. That very last thing that you said is what I was going to start with. You, the last thing you said was the Las Vegas crowd's going to be rowdy. We can now say from experience that that is a massive home advantage stadium. I mean, that's, you know, teams know, you know, you know, when you go play like, you know, Seattle and like all these places and it's just like fear to play. It's like, I feel like that stadium, like they designed it to be in that same vein, just maybe, you know, who knows, sound acoustic, blah, 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 whatever. But in addition, you know, Las Vegas is like a homer team. It's like you, you know, you look, look at some of these California locations where it's like, dude, the rant, like more, the Rams will never have a home game. You know, LA, like more people are going to be fans for other teams that live there. You know, it's a transient city, blah, 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 whatever else. Las Vegas, dude, these people are amped for their home teams, man. This is a, it is a sports town. It's funny. Like it's, it's just funny to think of it that way, but it definitely is. That stadium is going to be absolutely raucous and, uh, and give me the Raiders. Nice. I'm betting with my heart here a little bit. I'll be rooting for the Raiders while I'm there. So I'll be adding in to that crowd noise. So I'm with you, Mad Money Mike. Give me the Las Vegas Raiders. Anywhere up to seven. I mean, if this line were like crazy enough to get up to seven, I'd probably just like be pissed and still bet it. But um, get it now. Five and a half before it keeps going up because this was three and a half yesterday. Uh, one of the Sunday game I did want to talk about Miami Dolphins coming off that impressive win over the Patriots, uh, 20 to seven, um, are headed to Baltimore to take on the Ravens who beat the snot out of the New York Jets and the backup quarterback, Joe Flacco. Um, interesting reunion there. But anyway, in Baltimore, Ravens at home, three and a half point favorites. Mad Money Mike, <clears throat> are you buying into this track meet, track field offense that the Dolphins have? Do you think it's sustainable? Do you think it's going to cover? Uh, they don't even have to win. They can win by, they can lose by up to three and a half. So they're giving you the hook here. Are you going to, are you going to lay the three and a half with Lamar and the Ravens? Or are you uh, going to take this new age Dolphins team? Yeah, I don't have any faith in the Dolphins. I don't have any faith in Tua. I mean, I know they had a good performance against the Patriots. Uh, I chalked that up to some of that first week stuff that we talked about. Um, you know, just based on Tua's performance last year, you know, it's kind of like it's going to take a lot more than just one game for him to prove it to me. So, um, you know, Ravens, you're talking about, you know, uh, a hellacious 12th man in John Harbaugh and a generational talent. And Lamar Jackson, you know, we're talking about proven a proven team here, uh, top to bottom against, uh, uh, you know, still trying to carve out a niche for themselves. Dolphins, if I'm laying my money, I'm not taking the risk. It's going to be on the Ravens. I'm right there with you, Mad Money Mike. When you think it's 2022, stadiums are back at full capacity. You get in that three-point home field advantage. So if you back that out, you're trying to tell me on a neutral field, the Ravens are only half point better than the Dolphins? No. Dear Vegas, you're dead wrong. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. I'm with you. Going all in on the Ravens. About to get a quick double up. Easy money. Dolphins not going to make it. Not going to cover. Love it. All right. Let's close out with Monday Night Football next week from now. So seven days from now, Tennessee Titans heading into Buffalo to take on the Bills. Now, the Titans had a disastrous week one loss to the New York Giants, who Knocked me out of my survivor pool. This is the second year in Oof. a row I've been knocked out of a survivor pool in week one. That's hard to like that. I almost have to do some like self-reflecting because that's really bad. Um, but yeah, anyway, the Titans looking to rebound in Buffalo versus the, as we talked about already, the Buffalo Bills looking 
excellent. The spread, Mad Money Mike, have you seen what the spread is? Yeah, I'm showing 10. What, just give me like a rewind the tape. Give me, I want to, I want to hear what you said either out loud or in your head when you first saw this spread was 10 points. That's way too much for an NFL game. Exactly what I'm thinking. But then like my head started arguing like, but the Buffalo Bills are so freaking good. It's like, but they're playing the Tennessee Titans, the spread of 10 points. It just seems like too many. I don't know what to do. My head is like, my wires are getting crossed, like smoke's coming out of my ears. And my mic, I'm not sure if you can see that, but tell me, where do we land on this one? Is 10 too many, or are the Buffalo Bills actually that good? The Buffalo Bills are actually that good, and, and I, don't think, I don't think it's too many, given the nature, or, you know, like, so it, it's, it's just too much for an NFL game, man. Like, there's no other way to say it. So it's like, what I'm saying is, like, it's not like some, like, it's not like a five alarm, like, oh, my God, look at this opportunity. It, definitely the Buffalo Bills could certainly win the game by 10 or more points. They just beat the Rams by more than 10 points. So there's no reason why they shouldn't beat the Titans by more than 10 points. Um, but there's just, it's an NFL game and it falls under that category. What do you think the public's going to do here? You're talking about Titans that just lost to the Giants. Like, of course, you know, Bills are going to beat them by 10. It's just a little too obvious. And, you know, and it's that classic, you know, too much. It's funny, man. If you pull up uh, DraftKings and you just like scroll down, there's three games all in a row listed for all 10-point spreads. Denver at home, 10-point spread over Houston Texans. Packers at home, 10-point spread over the Bears. Bills at home, 10-point spread over the Titans. So it's just funny. Home team, home team, home team, 10-10-10. It's just like the funny to, to see that. Um, but anyways, I, I you know, dude, I, I would have to lay off this game. And honestly, I mean, you know, gun to my head. We always like to do the gun to my head segment. I'm not trying to die here. Gun to my head. I'm probably going to take the Bills minus 10, but I'm laying off. Oh, I thought that you were 90% of the way there. I was, And I was about to like, I was about to give you some props. Like, man, Mike, if you can keep up that, you know, yin and yang and contrarian betting strategy and mindset throughout the course of the season, I think we're going to ride that to some cheddar because I'm with you. I think the public's going to be all over the Bills and I want to be, but the Titans are a playoff team. Mike Brabel, he's going to get this team right. Derrick Henry is still a trucking. Uh, Ten just too many points. So I'm going to take the Titans on this one. I like the over. 49 and a half. Yeah, I mean, shoot, the Bills could get that by themselves. That's probably the play right there. Yep. You know what that's a good uh, a good segue to? Locks of the week. Let's go. All right, Mad Money Mike, we have a full slate of NFL Week 2 action. I'm looking at this list right here, and I'm, I'm choking. I don't know. There's too many options. Um, just taking a look at what we did last week. Uh, where do I have it? Right here. You had the parlay Bengals and the Ravens. We don't need to revisit that one. That lost in devastating fashion. Uh, Bengals should have won that game. They only had a snapper. Um, I had Panthers minus 2.5 versus the Browns. They ended up losing by two, but they were up by one. And I wanted to use that as an opportunity to talk about closing line value. Closing line value is a metric that rates or compares what odds you got a bet at compared to what was the closing line. And we did our pod last Monday. I gave out Panthers minus two and a half at home versus the Browns. The closing line of that game was either a pick'em or Browns favored by like one or one and a half. So what does mm -hmm. that tell you? Closing line value is always better 
than opening line value because sharps and all the public, uh, although the public really doesn't matter that much, sharps and new information always enhance and move the line towards the actual outcome. And there's like decades of history that can compare this, right? Like this is historically evident. So one good metric, I mean, clearly like this would have lost in most instances, right? Even all the way up uh, to, to Brown. Well, if you had, I don't think it ever got to, to Brown's uh, minus two, which would have been Panthers plus two. But um, had the Panthers only won by one point, I my bet still would have lost. But if you could have got the closing line at a pick em, you would have won. So it's just it's just more evidence towards another metric that you can compare how you're doing. Closing line value. Of course, your bankroll is going to be the true um, the true indicator of how you're doing. Um, but also just to you know shop around. You know you can get different different line shopping, alternate lines, um, different things than that of that nature. Just trying to look out for for our bankrolls, myself. Yours, Mad Money Mike, and all of our loyal listeners. So Appreciate anyway, that. I'm 0 for 1 in locks of the week. Mad Money Mike, you are 1 and 1 in locks of the week. I'm still looking for my first win. Uh, while I look for, for mine, Mad Money Mike, you got your lock of the week for week number two? Season oh, this three, is, episode three? Oh, this is lock of the century, man. This is lock of the millennium. 98 the, years, my man. You can't have another lock of the century yet. <laughs> they will They'll be talking about how, uh, how free this money was uh, a thousand years from now, man. I'll tell you what. I'll bet you the next three people I ask, two of them will say that it looks like sugar rice. How much? Hundred dollars? Two hundred dollars? Thousand? Hey, wait a second. What are you doing? You're not betting. You know he's not supposed to bet. Come on, Jerry. It's a lock. Kramer, you've had this thing under control for almost three years now. Don't start again. But it's a lock. No. Patriots minus one over the Steelers. Man, this is this is goose egg territory. This is uh, this is this is honestly like I really think that there's a very good chance that the Steelers score zero points in this game. I think you know their defense may be able to keep the Patriots you know under thirty. So we'll say uh, I don't know. I'm going twenty-seven zero Patriots easily covering the spread of one lock, baby. Let's go. How do you how do you suspect the Patriots are going to score twenty-seven points? Why don't you just watch and find out, all right? They don't call it locks of the week for nothing, man. You think I'm going to toss out losers in here? Because Cincinnati did win that game, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. All right, there you go. Mad Money Mike's lock of the week. In the meantime, Big Beck Brent over here. Lock of the week. Taking a look. Shooting from the hip. Oh, yeah. Give me the Baltimore Ravens at home. Minus three and a half versus the Miami Dolphins. Had a good showing, but... This is a different brand of football. The Baltimore Ravens just on another level. The Dolphins may get there later this year, but they're just not there yet. Mad Money Mike, Baltimore Ravens, minus three and a half at home versus the Dolphin. It's a lock. Nice. Nice. All right. With that, let's close it out with Diaper Dad Diaries. Mad Money Mike, I think I went first last week, so I'm going to let you kick it off. What's been going on up in the great, uh, the great Northwest? Yeah, just, um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's more of the same, which is, you know, just a lot of cute stuff, man. You know, she's just, you know, she's talking like a, a full adult these days, you know, it's just like, just a little miss, like chatty Kathy. She like never stops talking. And so, you know, each new thing that comes out of her mouth is like cuter than the last and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Um, I think the, the story that, that to me, uh, stands out the most this week is we took her to the zoo and um and she had to go she had to go party so she told us like i have to go poop or whatever but like we're at the zoo so 
Elena just like takes her into the bathroom and uh, and sits her just like on the regular, you know, we didn't, obviously we didn't have her, uh, you can't take little travel potties with you and stuff, but we didn't have that yet. So we didn't have her potty. So we take her in the bathroom and, uh, and, you know, she poops in the, in the big potty, you know, it's like a big deal. And so like, you know, we're all excited, you know, like poops in the big little potty or whatever. And this thing that's been happening is like, so for a long time, you know, she's like, you know, she just talks to us like absolute, like a mad woman all the time, but she's still really shy around strangers. You know, you try to, you know, mm-hmm. get her to talk to people and stuff and she still clams up a little bit, but that's starting to break. And, uh, and she started talking to people, which just includes strangers. And so we come out of the bathroom at the zoo, like after, you know, you know, being all hyped up about, you know, pooping in the big potty. And, uh, and she just starts like yelling, like, she's just like telling people, she's just like, like yelling it out to strangers, pooped in the big potty, pooped in the big potty. And we're just like, Oh yeah. You know, like, and you know, cause the people are just like, Oh my God, you know, like cute baby looking over. And then like, there's this little baby just like pooped in the big potty. And you know, it's like catching these people off guard. They're like, well, what's that? What's that? And then, you know, like we're, and then what, then we're like, we feel like we have to like clarify what they said. So we're like, Oh, she said she pooped in the big potty. And so here we are like telling strangers at the zoo, like it's just weird. Parenting is so, so weird and funny like that, man. Uh, really strips you down to, uh, to some bare elements, man. But that was, uh, that was pretty cute, man. You know, a potty success and then her, uh, yelling it out to strangers. It's, Dude, I, I replay it in my mind and it still cracks me up, man. So yeah, that's the old diaper dad diary of the week. Dude, that's awesome on so many levels, man. Um, not only, you know, clearly well ahead of uh, of the curve in potty training, but also, you know, breaking that uh you know, breaking that fear of talking with strangers, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, talking to people in general. That's uh that's huge, man. We definitely uh still have some of that over here. But anyway, that's that's hilarious. Over here on my end, just I guess a, a quick side story and then I'll get to Deborah Dad Dyer. Just I, I couldn't think of a, a better spot to, to bring it in. But yesterday, you know, NFL had a lot of, you know, week one uh, faux pas, not faux pas, but just mistakes and you know, mess ups. You know, hey, it's the, it's the first week, you know, a lot of flags, a lot of turnovers, sacks, et cetera. It, we were not uh, immune to that here at the at the Jackson household. We uh, wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday. I'm like, been looking forward to this for five months. All right, NFL week one Sunday. I got two 50-inch TVs mounted on my back patio. I'm going to be like bug eyed by the end of the day, watching seven hours of commercial free football with red zone on one TV and, you know, the saints game on the other TV and wake up at 7am and, you know, granny's about to leave. It's like, get it. it's just quiet around the house. It's like the power's out. It's like, Oh man. Mm. So they send out an email like, boom, power's going to be back by 10am. And uh, it's like, okay, all right, we're good. We're good. And then like we go and look like our neighbors tell us like, Oh yeah. Like there's two power poles that like fell over, like right over there by you know, right nearby. So we go take a look at it. And it's like 8.30 and there's like nobody there. It's like, how's powering back online by 10 a.m.? Like, this is a problem. This sounds like a problem. And then, of course, like, it's like, it's like I was, it's really like the closest thing to an airline that I've ever, that I've ever experienced. Like 10 a.m. comes and goes. And it's like, oh, it's actually going to be one o'clock. And I'm like, okay, that's mm-hmm. no good. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, it's going to be three o'clock and then five o'clock and then 10 o'clock in the middle of the night. It's like we're eventually at the end of the day, like we had all day without power and it's, Louisiana, it's still September. It's freaking hot. So, like, I never got to watch my my TV, uh, my red zone on my 50 inch. I was watching on like my three inch phone screen. I'm like, I'm bug eyed now. Like, I'm cross eyed. It, it's terrible. My eyes are bleeding, and uh, you know, dealing with a family in in, in brutal heat is uh, there's tensions. You know, there was tensions, but mm-hmm. um, had to share that. The diaper dad there. I, I did want to make sure I mentioned though was I was out with Kramer last week and. Uh, you know, we're just outside getting some stretching legs, getting some fresh air. 
and uh, he likes to run. So he, you know, he's running and then I'm running with him. And uh, just like right in the middle of the run, he just stops and he turns around and he points this daddy, stop. Don't run with flip flops, run <laughs> with shoes. And then he just turns around and keeps on running. And uh, it was like so startling. It's like, whoa, sorry. Cause like we had told him, you know, like, hey, don't trip and fall. You know, make sure you run with your shoes on. So he, uh, he called me back. It's like, hey, man, you know, it's, uh, you can't have these double standards right here. So it was uh, just pretty funny to how that went down. Oh, that's classic, dude. That's, that's, uh, that's a sign of things to come, man. I feel like that's, uh, that's, that's parenthood in a nutshell right there, buddy. That's a good one. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Mad Money Mike. Season three, episode three of It's Locked Podcast in the books. We've got NFL week one in the books. Yes, it's finally back. Week two on tap this coming week. Mad Money Mike, how do you want to close this out? Oh, just by uh, reminding all of our loyal listeners, uh, you know, how much we appreciate them. I'd like to apologize on behalf of the NFL for being such a a ridiculous display of obvious collusion uh, to uh, rob the betting public of money and to artificially drum up enthusiasm by creating all kinds of smoke and mirror gimmicks to make the game outcomes closer than they otherwise should be. So for that, I apologize on behalf of the NFL, but Otherwise, it provides us an opportunity to come together, bitch and moan as one, unite, stand up against, present the united front, and to uh, continue looking for opportunities to steal some back for the little man when we can. So appreciate you, Big Bet Brent. Appreciate our loyal listeners. And I cannot wait to do it again next time, my man. Uh, Well said. Excellent. All right. That is going to close out It's Lock Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 3. It's a lock. Peace. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in. On behalf of Mad Money Mike, this is Big Bet Brent saying so long and see you next week.